Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello everyone. Happy Thursday. We have a little different setup today. I'm alone. You'll notice I have a different background because I'm in San Diego. Before we get started tonight, I wanted to remind all of you guys that I'm going to be doing a free webinar on flying changes. That webinar is going to be on this Sunday at 12 noon Pacific time. We've had a lot of you guys sign up. If you haven't signed up yet, the link should be either above or below to RSVP and save your seat. I'm really looking forward to the flying change webinar. To be honest, it's been more popular than I thought so far. Flying changes are a movement that is really, really fun to ride, but it can be really challenging to teach your horse to do the flying changes. Flying changes are a movement that horses do naturally. Like when they're in the field, they'll do changes all day. But getting your horse to do a flying change on the aids when you ask is like a whole nother thing. So let me know if any of you guys are here, if you can hear me, give me a thumbs up, say hello in the chat. Let me know where you're watching from. I am actually in San Diego. So for those of you guys that don't know, I live a little bit north of Los Angeles, like in the Ventura area. Oh, good. Hi, Jane. Thanks for letting me know that you're here. So I live north of Los Angeles, but I am down here in San Diego for a clinic with my horse, Harvey. And it's always, you know, it's so funny. I must admit that I'm very much a creature of habit and I like to stay in my comfort zone and I like to have my routine and I like to be at home with my husband but there's definitely times in your life that you have to kind of get a little bit out of your comfort zone and do something that is a stretch for you. So I got invited to come down here with Harvey and it's a ride to test clinic. So the first day I actually got to have a lesson with Stefan Peters. Then today I had to warm up and then I rode through the Grand Prix with Harvey and then tomorrow I have another lesson and it's been like a really good experience. I was so proud of Harvey today. We got through the Grand Prix test with no mistakes, which is a big thing because in the Grand Prix, all the movements come up really, really fast and like everything kind of builds on one another. And so I've been training really consistently with working on the basics because always with your training, like the majority of your time is focused on the basics. So rhythm, suppleness, connection, um, with Harvey, making sure he's really through and supple is a big focus to every single ride. But I haven't like put together a lot of tests or done a lot of test riding since nationals of last year. So I got invited to come to this test clinic and I was kind of like, 
I don't know if I should go. So I tried to ride through the Grand Prix at home a couple of weeks ago and it wasn't very good. It just felt very hectic and I had a bunch of mistakes. And I told my husband, I'm not going to go to the clinic. I'm just not ready. I'm not good enough. It's a really far drive. I had about a million excuses for why I shouldn't go to the clinic. But I decided that Sometimes, you know, you need to do what's uncomfortable. You need to stretch yourself a little bit. And I made the trip down here. And I'm really glad that I did because I've already learned so much. I've put myself out there. And Harvey is really an amazing horse. I have ridden a lot of horses in my life. And I Harvey is 11 now. I got Harvey when he was a five-year-old. And I remember when I first saw him in Europe and he was out of our budget. He was out of our price range, but I rode him and he just gave you the most amazing feeling. Like he was so sensitive and supple and light and movable and athletic. It was like the most incredible feeling that I ever had. And I remember telling my mom was with me on the trip and my mom's so supportive. And I remember telling her, that's the horse I want. Like, I want that horse, but he was too expensive. And I was like, this is never going to happen. But anyways, it happened. And I've gotten Harvey now up to the Grand Prix. When I got him, he was about second level and he's made it all the way up to the Grand Prix, which is incredible because not a lot of horses make it to the Grand Prix. It's a really, really difficult test. It's a hard level. A lot of horses just don't have the physical ability to do it. And um, what's really, really special about Harvey is his sensitivity. And yesterday, when I first came down here, there was a lot going on and he was like spicy and a little spooky. But what's really cool about Harvey is that when he gets a little hot, all of his energy now goes into the movement. So he gets like more expressive in the Piaf Passage. And sometimes he like spooks and plays around a little bit. But he's just a really special horse. He's definitely my heart horse and like a once in a lifetime horse, a horse that you don't get to sit on very often. And I'm very, very grateful to have him in my life and to have the opportunity to train him and show him. I'm planning on doing our first Grand Prix next month. I did the developing Grand Prix with him last year. So that's like kind of a, it's like a mini Grand Prix. And now this year he'll be ready to move up to the Grand Prix. So um, let's see. Hi, Cindy and Amy. Yes, my mom is so supportive and Michelle. So a couple of takeaways from riding with Stefan and Stefan is a rider who I really admire I've watched him a lot over the years on a lot of different horses. And what I really love about Stefan is how soft and supple all of his horses are and kind of his methodology for riding. So in my lesson with Stefan, he was talking about how important it is to just try to keep things simple and try to make everything simple. And I think that that's really good advice for whatever level that you are riding is just try to make things as simple as possible. The goal, like for example, if you want to do a trot canter transition, it shouldn't have to be a bunch of monkeying. It shouldn't have to be like 
you know, kick with the inside leg, half halt three times, kiss to your horse, tap with the whip. It's got to be as simple as possible where it's just like sit, half halt, boom, canter. And especially as you move up the levels, the baseline, like your horse has to start to kind of do more and more on their own. Like for example, with Harvey, I need to be able to turn up the center line in a collected canter. He has to stay straight, collected, engaged with as little input from me as possible. Because if I'm having to kick and squeeze and cluck and bend and do all this crazy stuff just to keep him doing a collected canter on the center line, then how am I going to aid him for a pirouette or for a line of one tempi changes or anything more complicated? So it's always really important to do as little as possible, make things as simple as possible and train your horse to really respond to as light of an aid as possible so that you can get the best result. And I think that that was some really good advice from Stefan. Um, some of the other things that Stefan was helping me with is in the canter half pass zigzag, which the canter half pass zigzag is honestly one of the most difficult movements in the Grand Prix. I don't think anyone has ever gotten a 10 on the canter half pass zigzag. We see people like Lottie Fry, she got a 10 on her extended canter. And we've seen people get 10s on their PF. But the canter half pass zigzag, there's just so many things that can go wrong. And what's tricky about Harvey is that he's so sensitive that if I aid him too strong, like if I put too much leg on or I put too much pressure, he kind of just gets scared from it. Like he kind of like sucks and you feel him like hold his breath against you. So in the canter half pass zigzag, again, Stefan was like, try to just make it a little bit more simple. Don't go as far to the side off of the center line and just set your horse up for success. And that's really, really good advice for all of you guys, whether you're showing or you're not is try to, you know, take a step back, make it a little more simple, set your horse up for success. And then once you have the movement down, once you know that you can do it, then try to make it a little bit more difficult. So that was really good advice from Stefan. And Stefan, I think will be competing at the World Cup on Mopsie. So that will be really, really fun to see him as well as all of the other riders, let me know in the chat if you are planning on coming to World Cup next month in, or no, when is it? I think it's in April, in April, two months away. Um, at World Cup, it will be in Omaha and we're gonna do, my husband and I and my mom and my team will be there. So we're gonna do a little live Q&A session for you guys which I'm really looking forward to meeting many of you guys. Okay, yeah, I'm coming. Lori's coming. Good. That would be really fun to meet all of you guys in World Cup. And I always think that it's so inspiring to watch the top riders and um, those horses and just study it. I mean, it's going to be amazing and so inspiring to get to see those guys. I really hope that Lottie Fry brings Glamourdale. That's what I hope. So I'm looking forward to that. The other thing I want to mention, since we have more people here now, 
Don't forget to come to my Flying Changes webinar on this Sunday. Invite your friends um, if you haven't signed up yet. I think the link should be somewhere here. Let me see. I'll try and put the link in the chat for you guys. If you have not yet registered for the webinar, be sure to do it. Um, and also be sure to come a little bit early because we have more people signed up than we have seats available on Zoom. So if you want to come, come a few minutes early so that you make sure to get your seat. I've taught a lot of courses, the flying changes, and it's been really fun to put together slides and a presentation and really look at all aspects of the flying changes. So like the biomechanics, what does your horse actually have to do to do a flying change? What different exercises can you use to teach flying changes? What are the prerequisites? And then also reminiscing on some of the stories that I have about teaching different horses, the flying changes, because every horse is a little different. And sometimes teaching the flying changes can get really, really exciting. So um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is kind of my goal for this year with showing my horses and test riding. So I have three horses. I have Harvey, who's 11. I have Kensington, who is eight, and Luigi, who's seven. So all the horses turned a year older on January 1st. I always feel like when you have to say that they're a year older, you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> my horse is getting so much older. I have so much work to do. One thing that I really want to work on in my own riding and my own test riding this year is being able to take the same ride from the warm up into the show ring. And I think that that is something that's really hard to do. And one thing that I noticed last year with my test riding, which I was not happy about, is that I felt like when I went into the show ring that I started kind of riding with too much pressure and riding a little bit desperately. Like it was almost like I didn't want to make any mistakes. And I was so desperate to just make the movement happen that I was compromising the subtlety of the age, the correctness of my horse's response, the throughness of my horse. And so one thing that I'm really going to try to do this year when I'm competing is not so much focusing on the score or achieving like any particular like going to the nationals or anything like that, but is really being able to in the show ring, breathe, relax, and still ride my horse with effective corrections. And I think that that's really important is that even when you're in this show ring, you should always be kind of schooling your horse and making those little corrections. Because until you're going down the center line at the Olympics, you always want to be riding towards the next ride, making it better the next time. And part of what happens is that horses get smart about the show ring. They know when you're in the show ring versus when you're just schooling. And so you really want to make sure that your horse, that for one, that you don't change how you're riding and also that your horse stays the same when they go in the show ring. So that's one of my big goals for the year ahead. And I felt like with Harvey today, I warmed up in one arena. 
And then I went into the test arena and I rode my test and I was really consciously like, okay, breathe, take a breath, make a correction, check your position, give him a little correction, pet your horse in the show ring, you know, tell them that they're good because just like us, when we get nervous, whether it's in a show or in a clinic or just at home for whatever reason, when you get nervous, your horse picks up on that and your horse also gets nervous. And so the more that you can recognize that when it's happening, like I'm holding my breath, I'm getting a little tense. I need to relax. I need to pet my horse. I need to give my horse that confidence then that is really, really going to help your horse. And especially when you ride a horse that's sensitive, like Harvey is a very, very sensitive horse and he picks up on that and he feels that it's, you know, the second you hold your breath, your shoulders tighten, your arms tighten, your seat tightens, like everything is connected to one another. And um, so, yeah. Okay. Let's see, Cindy, is there a way to be sure you got signed up for the webinar? I'm pretty sure I did. So yeah, when you sign up for the webinar, you should get a confirmation email and then check your email this week. We will be sending out the Zoom link as we get closer to the Flying Changes webinar and there will be a replay. So um, I see Jesse says it's 3 a.m. in Germany. So if it's 3 a.m. when the webinar is live, you can always just watch the replay. Although I highly recommend that you come live because we will be giving away one free entry into my new course on flying changes, which is an awesome course. And I'm really, really excited about it. Okay. I have time for a few questions before um, we go to dinner. My mom is actually here with me. She went to the barn to check on Harvey and she got lost. So I'm not really sure when she is um, going to get back. First question is from Rachel. Best tips for helping a horse that anticipates or gets tense or lateral in the walk. Um, so whenever your horse gets tense in the walk, a really good exercise is to do leg yield or shoulder in because the leg yield or the shoulder in will get your leg on the horse. And also when you push your horse sideways, they have to separate their hind legs and then they can't do those little itty bitty jigging steps. So leg yield, side pass, push your horse sideways if they want to jig at the walk. That's my best advice. Um, okay, Janet, dressage test tips, especially when something goes a bit wrong, like the horse canters instead of trots. My best tip for if something goes wrong in the test is just to recover as quickly as possible. Like if your horse canters instead of trots, try to get your horse to go back to the trot, tell your horse they're good when they trot and forget about the mistake. Because what's great about the dressage test is that every movement gets a new score. Oh, my mom is pulling in. So every movement gets a new score. So if you, um, mess up one movement, forget about it and just start the next movement over. Because a lot of what times is happens is if you make a mistake in the test, your brain keeps going like, oh my gosh, I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. And then you have more and more and more mistakes. So just forget about it. 
and keep going. That's my best advice. Um, let's see. Liz Ann says, I'm used to riding horses that are quite stiff. So lots of effort is put into suppling exercises. I have to open the door quickly. Pretty well. You made it back. I did. I'm on Facebook Live. Come say hi to everyone. I will. How's Harvey? Harvey is great. I fed him his brain. I took him up for a walk all the way around the barns. And I gave him alfalfa. Oh, are you going to join us? Yes. I'll Say hello, you. everyone. Hi. <laughs> the best mom ever. I'm so sorry you got lost. <laughs> it's hard getting lost in San Diego. I mean, it's very stressful. Lots of cars. So how is it down here in San Diego? It's warmer than at my house. <laughs> and Amelia rode super well today. So I'm super happy. We went yesterday. We went down to the beach and we walked on the beach and it was so it was really beautiful it I don't think it gets much better than horses and the ocean yeah it really doesn't that's nice yeah it's a treat it really doesn't well treat thank you for checking on Harvey. <laughs> he was lovely and he didn't spook at all on his walk Harvey was pretty excited the first day <laughs> he was like spooking at everything um but it's kind of fun when he like when he gets a little spicy now that when he was young, it was a little nerve wracking, but now that he's older and you know that like, okay, I can handle whatever he does. Now it's like really fun because he gets all spicy and excited. So are you going to shower so we can go to dinner? I, I mean, I don't need a shower at the moment. <laughs> Thank you. you don't need a shower. You're well, covered I in did, hay. I am covered She's in hay, covered but in the hay. inside of me is clean because I the didn't exercise or ride a horse. <laughs> so while we've been on this trip, we've been working on in what, what month are we doing the rider? April. Position? In April, April. <laughs> we're doing a rider position challenge and we have been writing the curriculum for the challenge and it's going to be really, really good. I'm super excited about it, but it's, it's a lot to try and like basically write out everything that your body is supposed to be doing in the saddle when you're riding your horse. Um, but there's nothing like it. And yeah, to have yeah, like videos, fun. theory, curriculum, coupled with the motivation of the challenges that we do are like crazy. Everyone's just goes nuts and tries so hard and post videos and it's going to be really fun. So, and um, we talked to Herman today. He's going to write the story of how he <laughs> created scrambled eggs. eggs. <laughs> so we've, we've got him doing a writing assignment for it. Yeah. So. Okay, we're going to answer two questions and okay. then we're going to dinner. Okay, we were Lizanne. She has a stiff horse. Um, he's so wiggly. What advice? Okay, so stiff horse. Some horses are very stiff, some horses are very wiggly. How do you kind of find that happy medium? And I think that the, the biggest thing is that they're both evasions. So like when your horse is really stiff and you can't bend them, that's an evasion lacking suppleness. When your horse is really wiggly and just goes like running sideways or you can't get it to go straight, that's also an evasion. So 
Um, you know, the more precise that you can be like setting out cones, like Herman's cone exercise is a really good exercise. Working on leg yields, that's another good exercise. Like if you have a wiggly horse, getting where you can support them from inside leg to outside rein and keep them straight that way, that's a really good exercise. And then also it might have to do with your leg aids. Like if your horse is overly responsive to your legs, you have to teach your horse to kind of accept and relax into your legs. I have a comment since I'm working two different horses right now on the ground and one is stiff to the right. And you have to like go to that point where he has a hard time, but you can't let him tilt his head or you can't let him get really stiff. You have to kind of be quiet and work that exact point. And I have another horse who's really bendy when you do groundwork and you have to kind of straighten them out and not let them drop that outside shoulder out of the groundwork. So to a certain extent, you have to go to that point right before it falls apart and you have to figure out how to get just one inch a little bit better in the bend. So that's how I approach it. And I'm noticing I have two completely different horses. <laughs> but that's what's fun about mm -hmm. riding and horses is that like they're all different and you want to just try to get them to be on your aids. And like even the same horse, like Harvey, you know, like he was really like feisty and spooky yesterday. <laughs> and then today he was like a little more normal. And you have to like, regardless of how your horse comes out, whether they come out lazy or hot or wiggly or stiff, you've got to, by the end of your ride, get them how you want them. And that's the most important thing is how it goes at the end of your ride. So, all right, you guys, we'll see you on Sunday for the Epic Flying Changes <laughs> webinar. And thank you so much for joining me. And thank you, Joellen, for being here. Thank you. Good night, Sorry, everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.